It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, what if the Raptors do in fact pull off a trade and land Scoot Henderson on draft night? We get into why Scoot Henderson is such an exciting prospect, why he's worth pivoting to a youth movement for the Raptors if in fact he's available. We'll get into his strengths, weaknesses, and what it would mean for the Raptors offseason as well if Scoot ends up joining the Raptors. We'll get to all that on today's show. Thanks for hanging. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter, at WoodleySean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps. You can follow the show on Instagram, at Locked On Raptors. And of course, you can always join the Locked On Raptors Discord server, a lovely, growing community around the podcast. Lots of good folks in there. All good vibes, no a-holes. It's tons of fun. Come at the link in the description and hang out in our little Locked On Raptors family over on Discord. Looking forward to having you in there. Uh, all right, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked at NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Go check them out. More on Game Time a little later. Okay, on today's show, it's Scoot time, baby. Look, we've been talking mostly about prospects in the Raptors range at number thirteen because all likelihood. That's where the Raptors are going to be picking only on draft night. As much as we go into the draft hoping that deals might go down, trade-ups might happen, trade into the back end of the first round, the fact of the matter is there's very rarely as many trades as we think there are going to be on draft night. Guys, you know, teams fall in love with guys. Teams fall in love with the, the hope of their picks, and they usually end up just picking guys with the picks that they have on the board. Uh, but this whole scoot thing, I think there's more realness to it than maybe your typical pre-draft scuttlebutt when it comes to trades and it's because it's very much out there that the Portland Trailblazers are looking to trade this pick or very well could trade this pick 
as they look to build a team around Damian Lillard that can be the fifth best team in the Western Conference or whatever it is they want to build. And that third pick, if in fact the rumors that the Charlotte Hornets are going to go get Brandon Miller at number two, that third pick provides a bounty of opportunity to, for someone to go land Scoot Henderson, who a, a lot of people for weeks, months, years have been saying is the clear number two in this draft. Obviously, Brandon Miller's been on the rise. A lot of people do have him at number two. Some have him a little lower. Sam Vecini, his wonderful draft guy that dropped this week, has Brandon Miller number four. Scoot Henderson, however, like he just feels like a blue chipper, an absolute no doubt like this dude's going to be incredible in the NBA in one shape or, or another. And for me, he's the kind of guy who moves the needle if you're the Toronto Raptors and really kind of allows you to pivot to a younger youth movement on your team in a way that I just don't really see there being a viable pathway to without a trade for a guy like a Scoot Henderson. And that's why I've been kind of on the side of, you know what, running it back is fine, barring other options, but that other option might be presenting itself in the form of a desperate Portland Trailblazers team who might have Scoot fall to them at number three if, in fact, the Hornets do what they're expected to do from all the reporting you see and take Brandon Miller with the second overall pick. So... Let's get into it a little and why I think if this is an option for the Raptors, it's a no-brainer. You just have to do it. You know, the, the rumored trade that's been kind of kicked around, or not even rumored, just sort of the theorized trade, has been Pascal Siakam going back to the Blazers in exchange for the number three overall pick. In this case, we're just going to assume that Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, and then, you know, salary filler. I'm guessing Nasir Little's involved in there. Maybe there's some other players you drop in. Uh, but for my purposes, I've been rocking with the Simons plus Little plus the third overall pick, aka Scoot Henderson kind of package, just when I'm theorizing what this is all going to look like. And the reason you do this is for Scoot Henderson. Yes, like, you know, Simons would be very nice. He's a good player. The salary filler guys, I'm sure, will offer something. Nas Littles, you know, probably figures to be a very nice bench piece, et cetera, et cetera. But you do this for Scoot Henderson. You do this for a blue chip prospect. You do this for someone who, in the overall summary by Sam Bassini and his wonderful draft guide at The Athletic, is described as such, quote, in many other drafts, Henderson would be the number one overall pick. He just happens to be in the same draft as Wembenyama. He's that good. He's going to be an exceptionally hard problem to solve for defenses from the first day he hits the NBA because of how well-rounded he is in ball screen actions. He can pull up and hit floaters. He can get all the way to the rim and finish with authority or touch. He can play slow or fast, and he can make high-level passing reads. On top of that, he's going to force the action in transition and drive easy points th that way, as well as be the guy from day one who sets the tone for your organization due to his competitiveness and drive. Henderson is truly an elite franchise-altering prospect. Number two is no consolation prize in this year's draft class. In this case, perhaps number three, but that's high praise on Scoot Henderson, and he would be also, I think, just like, maybe this doesn't matter to sort of like the valuation of the whole thing necessarily, but he would be like a very unique type of player in Toronto Raptors history. He'd be the type of player that Raptors fans had never gotten to see play for their team before. If you think through, like, the history of Toronto Raptors point guards, they've had some good ones, no doubt. The best player in franchise history is a point guard. But you have Damon Stoudemire, 5'10", can't dunk, throws cool passes, literally nicknamed after a mouse. Uh, you have Alvin Williams, who, you know, not exactly jumping out of the gym. I think he'd tell you that. He usually says how bad he was on the broadcast when he's calling Raptors games because he's a lovely dude like that. He obviously was better than that, but he was a very sort of, like, 
take care of the ball, floor general, sort of early 2000s prototypical table setter point guard. Jose Calderon, you know, wonderful passer, good shooter. You know, it was just kind of an everyman at the spot, but obviously not this sort of jump out of the gym athlete who was going to impress you. Not a very good defenseman or defenseman, defensive player. He was a dimesman is what I was trying to say there. He threw dimes. That was his whole thing. Kyle Lowry, rotund, cerebral, below the rim, dunked exactly one time in his career, and it was in an all-star game, as I can recall. Uh, Yeah, you know, very different type of player from a Scoot Henderson. Fred Van Vliet himself, right? 5'10", diminutive, perimeter-oriented, you know, bet on yourself, not exactly a heralded prospect coming in. Scoot Henderson is just like this ball of athleticism and dunks and creativity and excitement when he has the ball in his hands. He would be unlike any point guard the Raptors have ever had. And again, that doesn't necessarily matter to the sort of, you know, the reasons why you make this trade. You make this trade not for the play style, but more just because he's a really excellent player. But that's just like a fun note for me as someone who really gravitates to players of certain styles and likes basketball because of players doing things differently, kind of to a man. Uh, it would just be a kind of fun little, you know, anecdote or just like addition on top of the the idea of just adding Scoot Henderson as a player with his talent and all that stuff. Um, just be a fun, as a, like a Baron Davis appreciator in my youth. I would be very, very down for this. You know, as far as, you know, the reasoning to make this trade, if you're the Raptors, look, you know, Pascal Siakam is awesome. I love Pascal Siakam, probably more than most people. To anyone who listens to this podcast, you would know that's the case. But... Like, it's a no-brainer if this is available. I'm sorry. It just is. And, and that's, like, the, the opportunity the Raptors kind of find themselves with here is it's not something that comes along every day where you have a team like Portland that might be in a sort of desperate spot where they're almost being forced into doing something that, on its face, is stupid. Like, they should be keeping this pick. They should be adding Scoot Henderson to what they have going if they were kind of looking at this sort of the general state of the franchise of like what's best objectively for us going forward, it's probably moving off of Dame and just kind of pivoting into something new. But these are complicated things. Dame's like the best player in franchise history in Portland. He wants to be there. And if the directive is to go and try to build a team around Dame that can win, I can't blame the Blazers for doing that. But I will jump on the opportunity that the Blazers doing that would present because it would be an objectively foolish thing for Portland to do, to trade the number three pick along with Anverney Simons, who's a very good player on his own right, even though I have my own misgivings about him kind of as an upside guy. I think he obviously brings a lot of good stuff to the table. To do that for Pascal Siakam, who again is really good, would probably be the best teammate that Dame has had since like prime LaMarcus Aldridge. And you could argue with the playmaking that Pascal brings, maybe he's an even better player and a better fit next to uh, Damian Lillard than any player he's ever played with. But it just, it would be a, like a, an objectively kind of short sighted move for Portland. And that's what the Raptors are banking on here. Ra- what Raptors fans are banking on here is if Portland decides to pull the trigger on a deal that is clearly not good from like a sort of 10,000 foot perspective, the Raptors being the team to jump on that opportunity. Like this is how the Raptors are going to make their next big trade. They don't have a million first round picks to go throw around for the next star who comes available. They don't have that. And so this is the way they do that. And if you can get a potential star who is 19 years old and on the track to becoming an all-star who you have all the years of control on too, 
even better. And so as much as I love Pascal Siakam, if this deal is presented to the Raptors on draft night and they don't take it, I kind of think it's gross negligence as much as as it's almost gross negligence on the Blazers part. If in fact they do do this trade because of that, I think it's probably unlikely that it actually all goes down and we'll probably see the the Blazers just take scoot and then figure it out from there. Uh, But if this does happen, you know, expect it to happen before draft night. I wouldn't be expecting this to happen after the draft. I think this is a, you know, before the draft or not happening at all type of thing. And if that happens, Scoot Henderson is a dude to get excited about. We'll tell you why that is coming up in just a second as we dive into what the scouts say about Scoot Henderson for his strengths, the areas of growth, etc., etc. We'll get into all that coming up in just one second. Before we dive in, however, got to tell you about our good friends over at uh, Bird Dogs. Of course, the wonderful folks at Bird Dogs who make the most comfortable shorts you'll ever wear. Shorts that are going to give your legs a nice sculpted look. Shorts that are going to be cool and breezy and actually you know, heat relieving in the summer when you want your shorts to be that way. If you want to have heavy materials dragging you down or anything like that, Bird Dogs are light. They are versatile. You can wear them to the golf course. You can wear them out to the bar. You can wear them to the gym. They're going to be there for all occasions. And the best part is they've revolutionized underwear. Really? They have an inline comfort lining that is built into all of their pairs of shorts, which makes it so you don't got to wear underwear with your shorts. The underwear is in the shorts. It's incredible. It's the future. Go check them out. Go to birddogs.com right now slash LockedInNBA. Enter the code LockedInNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedInNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you just head to birddogs.com slash LockedInNBA. Get that tumbler and get yourself some shorts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, we continue on here. First listen of the day. Thanks so much for tuning in on your Friday. And uh, to the everydayers of the podcast, thank you for tuning in as always. Uh, if you haven't caught uh, the rest of the action this week, go back. We talked about the deep bench guys yesterday with Jamar Hines. A lot of Darko Ryakovich talk this week, of course, as uh, it's been sort of the talk of the town all week long. So we kind of examined all angles of it with Katie Heindel, Vivek Jacob, Michael Cole. Go check out this week's Darko Fest over on the podcast as we now get further into Scoot Henderson. So... Talked about Scoot, the sort of blue chip nature of him as a prospect and why he's so exciting and why he would be the guy to pivot into a new era for the Raptors. The perfect complement to Scotty Barnes. Man, oh man, what a fun duo. Scoot and Scotty, like, is there a single more exciting duo of sub-23-year-old players in the NBA, if that, in fact, is a duo that's put together? Not to mention the the quality of the title of the forthcoming 30 for 30 of Scoot and Scotty. Uh, it just writes itself. It's pretty exciting stuff, man. Like the possibility of this trade even being like fifteen percent on the table implausible is uh, is really really thrilling. Um, let's get into what makes Scoot good. If you have not watched a lot of Scoot Henderson, you know it, I feel like at this point most people who are like NBA fans at least have a bit of a passing knowledge of what he's all about. The thing that pops off: ridiculous, ridiculous athlete, crazy leaper, outstanding first step, built like a linebacker. Um, like the way he can turn the jets on, whether he's in transition or whether he's getting ahead of steam in the half court, 
it's pretty bloody impressive. The first step is immense. He can get to the rim, basically whatever he wants because of that first step, because of his explosiveness, and then can finish when he gets there, whether he's dunking on people, whether he's finishing around the rim. Um, it, it's just, it's really, really exciting watching Scoot Henderson film because you never kind of know, all right, when's he going to turn the, oh, there are the Jets. Oh my God, he's at the rim. Oh, wow, that was impressive. Like there's a, just a physical element to him. Like I said, like pr pretty much unprecedented in Raptors history. Vince Carter, probably the closest thing as far as just like jaw dropping, jump off the page athleticism. It's there with Scoot Henderson as well. Different version of it, of course. He's a more short, sort of compact, smaller guy than Vince was. This like beautiful, graceful, long leaper, but a uh, similar idea in terms of just like the tier of, of athlete that he's on. Um, you know, the paint touches, the dude just gets to the paint whenever he wants. And to me, really exciting when you think about a Darko Ryakovic team where Darko's big thing is get to the paint, get to the paint and create stuff from there, whether it's you're dumping off, whether you're kicking out for threes. And man, could I see a whole lot of really fun, like Scoot drives in, draws help on his drive, and then all of a sudden there's Scotty cutting baseline. Here, a little dump off pass. Or here's Jakob Pertle the dunker. Let's just dunk it, dump it off to him for a dunk. Or, you know, he just goes and yams on people too. As a person who enjoys yams, I, I would be cool with that as well. Um, but yeah, just the athleticism makes him a massive problem. As Sam Vecini kind of outlined, he's going to be a problem for defenses to solve because he gets to the areas where it makes you have to solve problems defensively and make concessions and leave other things open in order to sell out to stop this bullet train of a man driving towards the rim. It's it's really, really awesome to see. Um, you know, it would be especially kind of refreshing after watching Gary Trent Jr. kind of like put guys on his hip and try to meander to the rim and Fred Van Vliet obviously who can get to the rim in the paint but also like can't score there because he's too small uh can't rise up he's a below the rim athlete that's very much not the case with Scoot it would be a nice change of pace from what the Raptors guards have done in recent years as well um you know he also seems like he's really going to be a strong pick and roll creator you know a lot of his possessions I think uh our hoop intellect said on, on his uh, video breakdown like 40 six percent of his possessions i'm forgetting the number exactly it was in the 40s of his possessions came as a pick and roll ball handler so pretty heavy usage there um and really seems to survey the floor nicely from there can kind of balance the when do i score versus when do i create for somebody else in this how do i read the defense and then make the right play off of it he's not one of these like i'm the hammer everything is a nail type players he does have a lot of feel and sort of uh touch i mean he averaged six and a half assists a game this year for the g league ignite along with 16 and a half points and five and a half boards kind of stats the stuff the stuff's the stats the stuff sheet stuff's the stat sheet whatever um but yeah you know he, he just he really really profiles as someone who's gonna work pick and roll really nicely and this is without an established three-point shot just yet. He's got the mid-range game down, it seems. It's going to be a big strength for his from all, what all, all the stuff you read for, or, or watch from the scouts and the smart people out there. Um, but, you know, as the three-point shot potentially, hopefully, theoretically becomes more of a weapon for him, that's only going to broaden that pick-and-roll attack and the scope of the damage he can do from different spots on the floor. You know, you throw him in with a Scotty Barnes pick-and-roll, I'm down with that. <laughs> Scotty, I think we've seen as a guy you should be using in pick-and-rolls. You should be using the strength that he has as a creator from the middle of the floor as a short-roll guy to your advantage. And if you can couple that with the Scoot Henderson dynamism, then you're, you're cooking with gas, not to mention that Jakob Pertl is just like your classic traditional pick-and-roll dive man. 
and it's a really nice thing to have. Christian Coloco as well figures to be that down the line too. So yeah, the the, the pick-and-roll creation for a team that you would figure is going to play a lot more pick-and-roll basketball with Darko Ryakovic, you could do a whole lot worse than having Scoot Henderson being the guy running a lot of those pick-and-rolls and kind of growing into his point guard duties through that and that sort of base set play where the Raptors show down the stretch at least that there's more of an infrastructure now for pick and roll basketball to be an effective thing that they weave in now that they have a center who can uh, set a screen and dive to the rim not a lot uh, <laughs> it doesn't take much but they didn't have that for a very very long time um, the other thing about Scoot that's exciting too is that he looks like he's going to be able to play off the ball as well. Obviously, the three-point shot there is just not there just yet. It, he was at uh, 28% this season from the G League in the regular season. You know, the, the 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 sample in the G League is all kind of like combined between the various different showcases and cups and all this stuff. But for the most part, not a terribly encouraging three-point shooter. Um, but it, it, again, he's got the mid-range game, and most scouts seem to think the three-point shot's going to come along for him. You know, it, it, you never know. I, you got to go up with, with what the scouts say. I'm not a shot doctor. I can't project what a stroke is going to do in the NBA. But, you know, Raphael Barlow, Hoop Intellect, you know, guys like that suggest that, yeah, you know what? The three-point shot's probably going to be pretty reliable and, and, and come along even if it might, it might take some time. Sam Vecini as well seems pretty optimistic on the three-point shooting coming along for Scoot. You combine that with the fact that he is perceived as a pretty good cutter by a lot of folks and that uh, he's going to be able to really do damage, even if he's not like a great three-point shooting threat, his first step is so impressive that he's still probably going to be able to do damage as like a second side guy. It swings over to him. He's got the closing out defense sort of rotating over towards him. Even if they're not closing out aggressively, that first step is so impressive. The mid-range game is so good for him that he can still probably make stuff happen there and keep possessions alive blowing by guys who are maybe not even fully closing out or whatever it might be. He's just kind of got that with that first step and that explosiveness that he's got. So uh, avenues for him to work when you want the ball in Scotty Barnes' hands as well. You know, I ultimately think the long-term best fit next to Scotty Barnes is going to be a guard who can kind of go back and forth between being on and off the ball. Scoot's probably more of an on-ball guy right now, just with the strengths that he has. But if the three-point shot comes along even a little bit, then you combine that with the cutting and the sort of feel for the game that he has. And I think him and Scotty could just like really make some two-man game magic work, especially as Scotty kind of matures as a player as well. Uh, as far as the stuff that's not quite there right now for Scoot Henderson, you know, the three-point shot, as we mentioned, not quite there just yet. A lot of people think it will come along, but it's not just yet. The mid-range game looks nice. That's uh, a, a, an encouraging sign. You would figure hopefully in time he can take a couple, couple, couple steps out, excuse me, and get that working. And then the other thing is, like, the defense is not all the way along. It's kind of inconsistent as far as effort goes and focus. There can be breakdowns just because he's kind of not locked in. When he is locked in, he has a 6'9 wingspan to go along with his 6'2 frame. So, uh, you know, you would figure he's going to be a guy who can kind of poke balls loose, be a steals man, that type of stuff. Um, but it's not like a full-on defensive package just yet. You're drafting him because he's a explosive offensive engine, not because he's a defensive ace. But, uh, you know, again, crazy athlete, seems to try exceptionally hard most of the time. Uh, hard to say like what the G League night environment meant for, you know, the, the sort of intensity night tonight, all that. Um, but, you know, it, it does seem like it's with a little focus and sort of effort renewed. I, it feels like the defensive weak spots in his game can kind of be overcome. He's 6'2", so like if he gets switched on to a very good player, he's still probably going to, you know, like a wing type. It's still going to be a problem, but that's the problem for anyone who's 6'2". And 
as long as you're not building your entire roster around a 6-2 guy being your only hope, which the Raptors would not be doing, uh, I think you can get around that just fine. And so, uh, yeah, the bad stuff with him, yeah, there, there, there are some things to work on, but ultimately, you know, the, the, the impressiveness of the offensive package and the athleticism kind of make it so you don't really care about the downsides. Those downsides, guess what? Those are things that can be improved upon. Things that are really high-level skills and athletically gifted skills, you can't teach that stuff. It's just stuff that Scoot Henderson does better than a lot of people. Would be very exciting. It would also be fascinating if the Raptors pulled this off because it would totally change the off-season plans, one would think. It would completely tilt on its head what we thought this team might go in, into this summer looking to do. We'll get into why that is, what it could mean for Fred Van Vliet or OG Ananobi, any of these other pending free agents. Get into that in just a second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you, better good friends over at Game Time because number one place in the world to go buy tickets for cheap for the events that you want to go to, and you're always going to get the best price. That's the beauty of Game Time. With the Game Time guarantee, you are always sure that you're getting the best price because they will give you 110% of the difference if you find tickets in the same section and row for less on a different app. That's incredible. Go check out Game Time. You simply have to if you're someone who likes to go to baseball games or concerts or whatever it might be. Theater, it's all there for you. Comedy shows, all the sports, go check them out over at Game Time. I am going to Seattle in August with my wife. We're going to a Seattle Mariners game, and you can bet where I'm getting my tickets. I'm already scoping out my seats. You got the the, the camera angle of where your seat's going to be, so you're not getting any surprises. You know the sight lines before you go. You're not going to be behind a big pole or anything like that, and it's a wonderful thing. So go check out Game Time. Get your tickets. Uh, download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the code LOCKEDINNBA for 20 bucks off your first order. That's, uh, again, Locked in NBA, the code at game time. Terms apply. And uh, yeah, download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, rounding up the show here, and we examine the question of what happens if the Raptors do actually pull this off. If the oft-rumored and, you know, inferred trade of Pascal Siakam to the Blazers for Scoot Henderson, the presumed number three pick at this point, uh, and Fernie Simons, and whatever else... If that happens, how does that change what the Raptors do and sort of their course for the future? First off, let's just think about what the team would look like before, you know, as far as like guys under contract, if in fact this were pulled off. The Raptors would go into next season with a starting five, theoretically, of Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Jakob Pertl. Still kind of light on shooting, (laughs) like that's, that's a thing. Still exactly two knockdown shooters in Simons and OG. Again, Scoot, I think you can project, is going to be at least like passable, if not great, you know, at some point in the next few years. Scotty Barnes, anybody's guess as to whether or not he's, his three's coming along. But as far as the starting five goes, that's young, that's exciting. There's a lot to really uh, sort of imagine there as far as how you want to run your offense. You would have at least three guys capable of creating at the point of attack in uh, Scoot and Simons and Barnes. 
OG as a complimentary piece playing off those guys feels like he would just eat on open threes and cuts to the rim and passes from yak at the elbow all this stuff kind of a similar version to what we saw last year frankly from OG Um, you'd get your bench of the 13th overall pick presumably maybe this makes it more viable to keep Gary Trent Jr. just so, so you have the shooting maybe you just sell out to put shooting around these guys maybe with the 13th pick you sort of change up your focus and say hey Maybe we just go pure shooting with this pick. We get a Grady Dick or a Jordan Hawkins if they're there at 13. Um, you know, obviously you got Otto Porter Jr. there on the bench as well. We talked about him yesterday and the possibility that he could he could be actually a real contributor next season. You got Precious Achua, uh, you know, Chris Boucher, and then, you know, in theory, like Nas Little, if he comes in, you know, we've talked about Boucher getting moved and stuff like that to save money, but in this instance, maybe it's not necessary to have to save a lot of money. And that's because you trade out Pascal Siakam, that's one max contract you're not handing out next next summer on your books for 2024-25. That's significant. Again, I love Pascal, and I, I think I'm happy to pay him that money, barring better options, aka this trade coming along. But that would be certainly a load off the mind for those cap-stressed people out there. Um, when it comes to Fred Van Vliet, I do think... If you were to pull this trade off and get Scoot in the door, and Simons, presumably, because he's just the salary-matching ballast at the very least, also being a good player, but uh, if you're able to pull this off, I almost wonder if you're just okay letting Fred Van Vliet walk for nothing. And that sounds not great. You don't love watching guys walk out for nothing, but if you just kind of go on like a asset, if we're going to get real ghoulish about this, I don't love talking about players this way, but that's what we got to do because it's the time of year, but like... If you just told me as like an asset swap out play, you were getting Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam out the door, which I said that that makes it sound like I want them out the door. If Fred and Pascal were to be the ones sent out and you were to bring back Anthony Simon, Scoot Henderson, plus whatever you get as salary matching from the Blazers, I think a lot of people would say, you know what? That feels like pretty fair value for those both of those guys. That's how crazy the Blazers will have to be to pull off this trade, frankly. Uh, <laughs> like, It would be very dumb for them to do this. It really would. We can't state that enough, but they might because t- teams are dumb and desperate and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I, I think if that's the, the return, and you have Scoot and Simons. It's kind of your new backcourt. You can bring back Gary Trent Jr. to be a reserve bench guy for you or maybe a spot starter here and there, whatever you want. Maybe Scoot's not quite ready to start from day one. I would imagine you probably started from day one, but just bear with me here. You know, maybe that just makes it viable to say, you know what, we're just not going to pay Fred. We'll just let him walk. We keep Yak, we keep Gary for a year, or he opts in maybe, or you sign him to a shorter sort of deal, maybe some other player option down the line. Maybe you don't want four years of Gary Trent Jr., but a couple years, sure, whatever. Or he opts in, that's fine too. We'll find that out very soon, it seems. But um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of viable. It's like your course forward and leaves you with a good young team, uh, lots of room to grow with the Scotty Scoot duo, duo with Simons, who's still quite young, with OG, who's still obviously just 25, 26. Again, I don't know if there's a ton of like other creation upside to tap into with OG, but the player he is right now is an excellent basketball player who every team should want. And so if that's the outcome... I think you make your peace if Fred's gone and walks for nothing in free agency, as much as that's not great asset management, the sort of collective net return of Simons plus Scoot plus whatever 
in exchange for Pascal and Fred, I think you're still probably coming out in the green as far as just like assets go. Again, I hate talking about players like assets, but whatever. Um, you know, the reason I've been so reticent to just like pivot from some sort into some sort of youth movement is that Fred and Pascal are good basketball players. As much as people want to disagree about Fred in particular and Pascal in some cases, like full stop, they're good basketball players who make your team better, who drive positive basketball when they are on the floor. And I don't think you just move on from that without an actual plan for how to fill a roster with better players than those two guys around Scotty Barnes. This deal would get you Scoot Henderson, who again, no guarantees here. Things could go horribly wrong, but the consensus belief is that Scoot Henderson will top out as a player who is better than Pascal Siakam or Fred Van Vliet is or will ever be. And that is what makes me excited about potentially pulling off this move. You know, I'm not about tanking and hoping for lottery luck to get your guys to pair with Scotty Barnes. I think that sets you back. Every year you don't win the lottery. It just feels like a wasted year. It's not the way to go about it, especially when you already have Scotty Barnes in the door going into his third year of his rookie contract. These things, like the ticking clock goes quick here. Um, the fact that we're sitting here talking about trading Pascal Siakam for Scoot Henderson itself is like, a reason to want to keep good players on your team, even if it's not this that it's that, that that the Raptors pull off the deal for. Like having Pascal on your team is a good thing. He's a good basketball player. I still think there's a fit to be had there between him and Scotty Barnes. It's harder to figure out, definitely, but like you know, creative basketball minds can figure things out. I, I think that can happen. But if this scoot deal is on the table, it's such a no-brainer. It's wild. It, it, it's crazy that it's even being thrown out there, honestly. Um the Blazers shouldn't do it. But if they do, the Raptors will be in an extremely prime position to potentially capitalize. Again, like, I don't think there's a better player available to the Blazers potentially for that pick than Pascal Siakam. Doesn't sound like Mikal Bridges is going anywhere. I, it would be a lunacy to trade the third overall pick, I think, for Zion Williamson, who's played 114 games in four seasons. Would be madness to do that, despite what Zion is when he's at his best. We haven't seen his best for longer than like 15 game stretches. It's just the reality of it. It sucks. I hate it. Wish it weren't that way, but it is that way. And so with all that said, I don't think this is crazy that this could actually go down considering the situation the Blazers find themselves in. And if that's the case, the Raptors will be absolutely laughing. They will be the winners of draft night without a doubt. And uh, it'd be exciting. So look, I would bet against it still. It's probably like a 15% chance at best that this goes down, but 15 ain't better, is better than nothing. And it doesn't seem, if you listen to like anyone who covers the Blazers, shout out to Sean Hyken or Mike Richmond or anyone who covers the Blazers, they all seem pretty convinced that they're not trading Dame and that trading the third pick is going to be the pathway forward here for them. Dame has said he's not doing the 19-year-old thing anymore. I don't want to go down that path. That's not my path, I believe is the exact quote. Um, and so I would expect the Blazers are going to move this pick. You look around at the options, the Raptors might be their best trading partner. And, and I don't know if it's especially close right now. And as far as guys who are available, guys can become available overnight. Sure. But like, would you rather have Pascal Siakam or Bradley Beal next to Dame? hundred percent. You're taking Pascal. Would you rather even have Mikael Bridges or Pascal next to Dame? I'd still say Pascal is a better overall player than Mikael Bridges is right now, despite Mikael Bridges' outbreak last year. Like, can you throw a pass? Can you create some for somebody else? Yet to see that. I've seen that with Pascal for years now. He's very good at that part of the game. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a spicy one. It's a very, very spicy potential trade that feels less completely far-fetched than 99% of fake trades that get thrown out there. 
We'll keep an eye on it, obviously. We'll probably not know until draft night if this is going down. But this was Scoot Talk, and I hope you enjoyed it. Hope I got you excited about the potential trade here uh, and the idea of Scoot Henderson playing for your Toronto Raptors. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back again on Monday with uh, likely Vivek Jacob along to, I don't know, round up the rumors that are sure to pour out over the weekend and uh, get ready for the draft next week, which is just six days away now. Incredible stuff. Very exciting. Joe Wolfon is going to be along on Tuesday uh, as well as we kind of do a little primer for the draft and free agency for the Raptors and what's going to happen, what we think should happen. Big week, big, big, big week for the Raptors next week. You want to be here with Locked On Raptors as we are going to break it all down. Please also join our Discord server. Link is in the description. Come hang out. We'd love to see you in there as we near 100 folks in the Locked On Raptors Discord community. Great little family we got there growing around the show. Come be part of it. I love you. Uh, We'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please support, follow, subscribe, rate, review. Go check out the Locked NBA mock draft special that dropped yesterday. Uh, one section is in the feed of Locked On Raptors, but if you want the full thing, including the pick I made at 25. Yes, 25? How did Sean get the 25th pick? I made a trade. I don't even like it very much, but I made it. And so uh, go listen to that. It's fun. And uh, go support Locked On wherever it is, whether it's YouTube, on the podcast apps, whatever it is, Octane NBA, Big Board, Locked NBA, we'll have you covered all next week. Very, very big week in the league and for the Raptors. With that, thank you very much. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.